Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up the shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, doctor, everything will be all right. Instead of asking them how much of your time is left, ask them how much of your mind, baby. Because in this life, things are much harder than the afterworld. In this life, you're on your own. Hello, dear listeners. We've got a very special pod ahead of you. We are celebrating the life of a very special man to, to, to me and my host, my, my fellow co-host, uh, uh, Prince. I skipped over the introduction of my co-host. I am here, as always, with my dear, dear friend, Mr. Tom. How's it going over there, Tom? It's, uh, it's going all right. All right, Prince, you guys. All right, uh, Prince. All right, Prince. Rest in Prince. <laughs> I like that. I, I would love to. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that that'd be great. This never-ending prince. Yeah, so we've got a little weird one today. Uh, we watched Graffiti Bridge. I don't know if you watched um, Purple Rain recently. I saw it a week ago and didn't take notes, but I like have Purple Rain memorized. So. Oh, I mean, I listened to the whole soundtrack, which I mean is really the most important part, right? Yeah, the movie itself is good, but kind of wild. The dad killing yeah, himself. Uh, really, Graffiti Bridge is the exact same movie, except much less well done. And super Christian. <sighs> yeah, actually very super Christian, isn't it? I didn't, I didn't remember that aspect of it, and I feel like that is actually what most of the movie is. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's um it's definitely extended metaphor on God. Well, the the lady's an angel, right? Yes. I think. She definitely, I think. she definitely is, cause she gets hit by a car and then she's walking around and she's always talking about God. And Prince plays that game of hangman with her and writes mine, and she points up and says, "No, his." Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is. There's a lot of things with Aura, though. I mean, her name's Aura, first off. Yeah, first off. But really, that that movie to me was just two things, which was elephants and flowers and there's joy and repetition. Yeah, I, I was really into... So, Purple Rain is like the perfect 80s film. And this film is so 90s. And the 90s really are worse. Yeah, it, I mean, because everything about it was, like, the exact same. Like, Morris Day and the Time are trying to kick him out of his club. But just slightly shittier. Like, the music is kind of worse. The clothes are kind of worse. Like, everything is just a little worse. Yeah, the, well, and actually, I thought about this because I was reading up a little bit about Prince while I was watching. I wonder how much of it, because right at this time, it was right when Prince uh, was about to change his name to um, uh, the love symbol. Yeah. And the reason why he did that wasn't because I I kind of thought it too, but it isn't because of like some like artistic expression. It was his label. Yeah, he was getting in a fight with his label, and so right. I almost wonder if this was like right after he got 
in a fight with his label and like before the label had paid for the movie and this was like on his own dime or on another person's dime or using other people because like the production values were like better but worse yeah it looked like it was on like a like a play set yeah it was like these really weird sets whereas before it was all these beautiful live shots and I think and they had, did a lot of lip syncing whereas yeah. before it had been like all live stuff yeah, I still kind of love the movie, the music. The outfits were terrible. The black and white checkers were the worst. The black and white checkers. Yeah, but that was Elephants and Flowers, which I love that song. I love Thieves in the Temple. That one was the one I thought really stood out. I did not like that one. Love, don't wait. Oh, I thought that was so good. I didn't like I, I didn't like that one. I really loved Elephants and Flowers, and then I loved Love. I don't know what it's called, but Love Me. Yeah, I didn't but, like that. That Thieves in the Temple came when he had to like save her from getting raped by Morris Day. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't like that. I liked that George Clinton was in this. That was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I liked it that George Clinton was what the fellow co-owner of the club or something like that. Yeah, something. I have so many notes that I thought were important that looking over are just not at all. I watched this again like an hour ago. He lives in a weird yeah. basement yeah, with a I with just, a ladder I'm... to get out. <laughs> no, he lives in the alleyway. No, he stays in the alleyway sometimes, but he stays in that basement on that computer and climbs up the ladder a bunch. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was just so much about this was just unnecessary. His long, straight hair and his beard show you that things have changed. (laughs) Uh, Not to mention all the fishnets his band was wearing. Yeah. I actually kind of like the beard and the hair was all right, but just the young prince with the like Jerry curl look was so much cooler. Oh, everything about, like I guess everything about um, Purple Rain was better. Oh yeah. Um, but I, there was about a thirty-minute period, and I can't really figure out where that period is. That I kind of liked this movie a lot, and I thought it was going to redeem itself, and then the end got. The last it fell apart in like the last 20-15 minutes. Yeah, I went back and forth on a lot of things, mostly the beard. But uh, I thought the time songs were especially weak if you're comparing it to Purple Rain. And Purple Rain, the secret of Purple Rain is the time has all of the best songs not called Purple Rain or Computer Blue. Whereas in this one, the time songs were just pretty terrible. I agree 100%. I think we might I think it might be a little bit delayed for me. Are we all caught up? Yeah, you're a little delayed. But one thing that I thought was kind of odd in this one as well is they're constantly having these battles and Prince is losing and the crowd isn't digging it, which is kind of a weird recognition that these songs aren't good on the part of the film and Prince himself. Whereas in Purple Rain, people don't like the songs not because they're bad, but because they're, like, fucking profane. He's like, I met a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend, found her in the hotel lobby masturbating to a magazine, and then he dry humps the piano shirtless, and people are like, oh, what the fuck is this? Whereas in this, everyone is just like, this song sucks. Yeah, I I, I hear you. And I, I think that's a good point that, 
the time really do have the best songs in Purple Rain other than said Purple Rain. And the other, and I think the other big thing, and why I say it falls apart in the last 20 minutes, is because the final song in this that like makes Morris Day come to Jesus is or whatever terrible. It's not good, and like Purple Rain was such a perfect cathartic moment in this movie. It's just amazing. It's everything. He put, he performed it live for the first time in front of an audience who just heard it live, and like made it up on the spot. And it's this beautiful, amazing thing. You can just see in the crowd, they're just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here experiencing this, like, amazing thing. Yeah, Graffiti Bridge is even just a stupid name for this movie because the bridge itself isn't even that important or cool or interesting. It's some local legend in in Eden Prairie. Yeah, and, like, the suicide thoughts, like, they were also better done in Purple Rain. Uh, the lady was an angel ended with a rap song while Prince plays on a Mac computer. If you want to know how nineties it is, but I will say Mavis staples coming in as melody. Cool. I was like, Holy shit. That was sweet. That that was kind of cool. I didn't dig the song very much, but that was cool. I mean, Mavis staples was in a Prince movie. I'm not going to complain too much about it. Uh, touche, but I, I think the one thing that I kept thinking of as this movie went on was that um, I don't know what you because like 1990s when did Run DMC come out? This was 92. Run DMC was in the late 80s, mid 80s as well. But yeah, but I mean, I was just thinking that like the advent of rap did not treat Prince well. Yeah, no, I don't think it did for a variety of reasons. I just I don't think. Prince can really incorporate rap into what he does because his his thing with vocals is that he just has a thousand different voices he can use. Yeah, it just uh, you could see that they were like constantly trying to bring that style in, or they were trying to be uh, a counterpoint to it. But they kept bringing it up, and they never really went anywhere with it. And I don't know, it just. It just didn't seem to fit, and it seemed like he was at odds with that cultural period, if that makes any sense. Well, Prince himself is kind of... His music is antithetical to rap in a lot of ways. One, because rap is often darker, and his stuff is generally optimistic. I mean, this movie is super Christian. And also, rap usually trades in sort of stereotypical gender stuff. And his whole thing in this film is he wears the woman and man gender sign mixed together. Like, Prince does not have the sort of... He wore heels throughout the entire movie. Yeah, Prince isn't, you know, calling women bitches and doing rap stuff like rap was back then, especially early gangster rap, which was pretty, pretty sexist and rough. I mean, Prince's sort of whole thing is transcending gender in a really interesting way that would not fit into the ethos of early rap at all. Yeah, it was um <laughs> it was a it was a weird little movie. And like I say, I wish that and I'm trying to think and I can't really pinpoint when that when that period was, but there was like I say about 20 30 minutes where I was like this this movie can make it. This this movie could come out of this with like a two and a half three stars and I say that I liked it, but it's uh it, it fell flat. Okay. 
it's bad, but I would tell people to watch it. Obviously, Purple Rain's way better. If you've never seen that, watch that a thousand times starting tomorrow. But this was entertaining enough. <laughs> Why wait for tomorrow, Tom, when you can watch it tonight? <laughs> That's true. Thanks to, uh, I guess these these are certainly not on any streaming things. Prince would never let that happen. No, absolutely not. You're gonna have to pay <laughs> three bucks for the rental. I have I have the expanded special edition Purple Rain DVD with a bunch of outtakes. So I, can, I'm living large as far as that's concerned. I will say that one of my favorite parts about this movie was um, when they're doing the battle and they play that one. Um, uh, where he's talking about getting himself all over or whatever that was. Yeah, the bang, bang one. Yeah, tick, tick, bang. Yeah. All over you. And everyone was just like, what the fuck? This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it that he just had beat me written inside a heart. Oh, yeah. Drawn up. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he looks great in it, obviously. I thought the lady who was the love interest was pretty great. I looked up a lot of stuff about her. Um, she didn't do much. She did a bunch of, like, music stuff. Her name's Ingrid Chavez. Yeah, it sounds like um, this character, Aura, obviously not like the angel side of things, but at least part of it sounds somewhat autobiographical yeah i think so she was a poet they were going to do like poetry albums together i think a lot of it is autobiographical yeah and the way that they met was that uh she handed him a note in the club and he read it and he like dug it which was basically the same thing that happened right yeah so i don't know any final thoughts on this one john uh, no, I think you're right. You gotta watch it if you're a Prince fan. But um, in terms of, uh, yeah, I, you just it, it's it's like um, it's like watching um, episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars. Uh, you gotta watch it just because it's part of the canon. Yeah, that's fair. I would recommend checking it out. Don't expect anything too great. No, no, absolutely not. But like I say, there are. There's, there's moments of, of, of greatness. There's moments of, like, true prince. There are. I, I think, for me, it really was Thieves in the Temple, but we'll have, we'll have to agree to disagree on that. So let's head to break, and when we come back, we'll be having some guests on and just talking some prince in general. Can't wait. We'll be back.
listeners. We've got with us a very special repeat guest. We have with us the lovely, the one and only, Mrs. Megs. How you doing, Mrs. Megs? Did I, I know. Get, I, 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 I get I, married? <laughs> when did you get married, Meg? I don't know. I don't remember that. It must have been a crazy night. <laughs> Who's the lucky man? Uh, I can't talk about that. I don't even know his name. A secret wedding, an eloped <laughs> wedding. Those are the best kinds. I'm not actually married, dear listeners, oh, just in listeners. case you couldn't pick up on that. Young love, dear listeners, it is sweet, it is secret. So, Megs, otherwise, how are things going? Things are good. Thanks for having me for a little prince action. Yeah, absolutely. Where were you, where were you when you heard the news? I was at work. Ugh, that's the last place he would want you to be. Yeah, I was at work. I checked Twitter during lunch and thought, this this can't be true. He's too young. He's too young to be gone. He will surely live forever. He will outlive us all. <sighs> Sadly, no. Yeah, that one ruined my day as well. Have you been uh, mourning in any special manner, listening to any certain Prince jams? I mean, I know it's going to sound a little bit a little bit trite because his his catalog was so extensive but i've just i've been rocking a a greatest hits and purple rain kind of alternating between those two because there's just the thing about prince is there's too much good prince right i mean the greatest hits are pretty thick it's hard to get too upset listening to them like what am i gonna say oh little red corvette's popular that's lame the song's great right I mean, the, the thing about him is that all of his greatest hits were great hits for a reason. It's not like when you look back on, like, the Now That's What I Call Music Volume 97,000 from 2002, and you're like, why did we ever listen to this shit? This shit was terrible. No, it's Prince. It's all pure gold. Timely cultural reference, by the way. Yeah, they still make those. <laughs> I know. That is the craziest thing. They still make them. I was going to compare it to not the 12-track Foreigner Greatest Hits that I used to listen to all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm sure Foreigner don't have quite quite 12 tracks. (laughs) It was was Foreigner. Holy shit. Saying quite 12 tracks is super hard. Say it at at home, listeners, and if you can do it, then judge me. Quite 12 tracks. I don't think they have quite 12 tracks. Whereas Prince, uh, he's got like thousands and thousands of tracks. Yeah. What's been, what's been your favorite uh, Prince story that's come out since? So I think, you know, he he was a, a kind of private guy about all his um, philanthropy and good works. And I'm sure that, you know, Prince had a bad day and was addicted to someone sometime like I'm sure that happened but it's been really cool to hear all the stories of like the people he was just really solid to and helped out and you know he didn't ever really claim credit for that during his life so I don't know it's just it doesn't we don't require people who make great art to be good because those things don't necessarily go together and that relationship can be complicated for artists but it's cool to hear that he was seems like a solid guy and you know he made he he paved the way for a lot of people he he created opportunities for a lot of people including a lot of women so i just think he was a solid dude and he made great freaking music now he is gone and that's sad 
Yeah, I agree. I like that Prince is such a good guy, though. Like, for me, I've never been able to get into the Rolling Stones that much. Just yeah. because they're, like, literal monsters who, like, raped 16-year-old girls on heroin, and I just don't <laughs> want to listen to their music. <laughs> like, it is a little too much for me. Yeah, and I think... Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. I uh, just said it got dark room. Thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so to maybe spin it in a positive way, like, Prince did a lot, a lot of his music and his art and... We, Thomas and I and Anne rewatched uh, Purple Rain last year and forgot maybe how sexually loaded that movie was. We had some uncomfortable moments drunk on purple drinks when we watched it. But um, I think partly because a lot of his music explored the, the boundaries of gender and, you know, was really, like, sexy. For It would be a bummer if you were, like, creep. <laughs> It would, it would color that music in a way that would make it not fun to listen to. Yeah, like he kind of has to be a legit above board guy to do what he's doing, which is exploring the boundaries of literal, like gender and sexuality and race all the time. Yeah, yeah. So if he were a creeper, that would cast a pall over all of that. That but instead, would make it not fun. I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. I'm something that you'll never comprehend. Yeah. That is exactly what Prince is. It is. It is really interesting that you never, like, heard... His life was so private that you never, like, got, you know, the dirty deets on his right. life. Like, it's, it's like you, you get with so many celebs nowadays. But every story you hear about Prince is someone was surprised by Prince asking them to do something strange, and they went and they did it, and Prince was amazing at it, whether it's you know, ping pong or basketball. And then after he was amazing at the thing, he did something mind-blowing, and then he left. So I feel like a sexual story with with Prince would be, (laughs) Prince took me to this amazing place. There was this amazing music. We made the most tender love of all time. I had never felt so content in my life. I looked over. He left me an amazing gift, and I never saw him again. Like that is that is every Prince sex story, I'm sure. Yeah, like a comet passing through the world. Yeah. I I will change part of it, but I don't think he left an amazing gift. I think it's more that he left an odd gift. Like he left them like a fruits basket. Yeah. No note, just like a little symbol on the top. And it's just like, oh well, I guess I'll take grapefruit and some pears. Right. All right. It'll be a testament to our tender, tender love. Yeah, this this fits in with a vegan lifestyle. (laughs) Oh, man. Is he maybe too cool for Minnesota? Is he, like, cooler than Minnesota maybe deserves? I I think his love of Minnesota is actually one of the constituent great things about him. Yeah. And I will argue, uh, Megs, since I did live in Minnesota, that Minnesotans love their prince. They do. I think that they are very, very much deserving of of prince because of that. It's a funny little state that loves country music and is very, like, country in general. But you ask, like, even farmers, and they know who prince is. And the worst thing I ever heard of, like, someone out in the sticks say about Prince is, oh, yeah, Prince is all right. He's kind of weird, though. 
That's like about the extent Aww. of it. Well, then I, t- I take it all back. I apologize to the good people of Minnesota. I join I them in their back. in their remorse and loss and sadness. I got your back there, purple people eaters. <laughs> I think that I think they like elevated each other. Like Aww. by by Prince being Minnesotan, Minnesota people had to embrace him, and since he embraced it so hard, it it was just a great relationship. And I always like if an artist is actually part of a local place rather than just traveling to New York or whatever. Yeah, that is true. That part is really cool. Like Bob Dylan's from Duluth, ostensibly. Bob Dylan doesn't give a shit about Duluth. <laughs> oh man, bragging on Bob Dylan. I think you're probably right though. Oh, I love Bob Dylan more than anyone, so it's okay. But Bob okay. <laughs> Bob Dylan is from nowhere. Prince is a crazy alien who's from Minnesota. It's there's definitely a lot of yeah, that that's generous. He threw out the first pitch at a Mariners game on Friday, and there was a lot of there's a lot of Macklemore up in my baseball. Didn't, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I enjoy not having any. It's better to have Jack White up in your baseball. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I would I would prefer to own no shares in Macklemore, but I'd be okay <laughs> a few shares in Macklemore. I guess yeah. he's okay. But I would be I would be hesitant to to put my life savings on it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. Let's talk less about Macklemore and more about Prince, though. <laughs> talking about Macklemore is the biggest disservice one could ever do to Prince's <laughs> legacy. Prince. What do you think? What do you think Prince thought of Macklemore? I mean, he had to have like contact with him, right? No. Why? He probably just thought Macklemore sucked. Prince wouldn't even talk to Fred Armisen because he didn't like Fred Armisen. That is true. And Fred Armisen is infinitely more funny than Macklemore is a good musician. Yeah, like Prince... <laughs> Leah's learning how to talk over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah she's, uh, I don't know if she's agreeing or disagreeing with her dad, but she keeps saying my name. Aww. Yeah, you are. What do you think of Prince, Leah? What are your thoughts on Prince? She's ready for her little red Corvette. You want a little red Corvette? Or a raspberry beret? Yeah? Let's get let's get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know what to say. She wants to bury her face in Dad's shoulder. Yeah, I was going to say, she got shy as soon as we started actually talking to her. It's easy to talk shit when no one's looking at you. Maybe she's just remembering her grief over Prince and she's overwhelmed by feeling. <laughs> Yeah, right now she's clapping, so I don't know what that means. And now she's trying to pull over. <laughs> anyway, enough about my crazy daughter. Aw, we love her, though. So, Thomas, did you make purple drinks in, in honor of Prince? We totally did. And Rachel... Rachel, oh, I finally made a good one. This was actually good. It was blue curacao as well, vodka and cranberry with a little soda and some lime, and it actually was good. That sounds awesome. I did not find blue curacao in like a size that I was willing to commit to. Like yeah. the only ones I could find were bottles like as big as my head. And I was like, I can't, I can't be having this much of this here. Yeah, I found a fifth size bottle, and we had a bunch of people over, and I still have more left over of it than I wanted. <laughs> but what what can you do? Uh, we also had Rachel brought over. Uh, Oh, what was that beer? Some raspberry beer, and people brought over good Prince-themed stuff. We all wore purple. 
We had uh, grapes for snacks. <laughs> they are purple sometimes. Famously great party snacks. So, yeah, good times. I thought you were referencing the Chappelle skit. Oh, no. No, we just ate grapes. That was pretty good. But uh, we actually have another guest we need to get on this line. So thank you very much, Megan, for coming on to our little hot seat. We're doing a in and out episode again, which we actually enjoyed last time. So we're giving it another shot. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And rest in peace, Prince. You will be missed. Thanks a lot for coming on, Megs. I hope that you and the new husband uh, settle in nicely together. Well, as long as he likes baseball. (laughs) Send our love. We'll send you a bottle of Blue Curacao in the mail. As uh... (laughs) sounds good, guys. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, Annie, it is. Wow. Oh, hey, Annie. Hey. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty, pretty good. Uh, our regular listeners will know Annie uh, Wild Songs. She's been on a bunch of pods, or a few at least. Two. Yeah. Two. There you go. So where were you when you heard the news? You told me. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry about that. Yeah, it was awful. Um but it was, it was a, what day was it? I think I had the day off. It was actually my first day off in a really long time. And it started out hearing that the coolest guy in the world died. And I was really sad. Yeah, it sucked really bad. Yeah. Did, uh, better, better or worse than 9-11 for you? Worse. <laughs> <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> I think that's a hot take, but it could be a bold take. I don't know. It, it really, really <laughs> Have you been asking everybody that? And no. And you said the other way around. <laughs> no, I just thought of it, and this has been great. Okay, good. Oh, good question. Good question. <laughs> so uh, how have you been mourning? We've all been mourning in our different ways. Have you had anything in particular? Uh, looking at lots of pictures of Prince throughout the years. Um, that is weirdly soothing. It is really. He's so beautiful. Like, he's just so beautiful. So that's been really nice. He's a, um, dude, he's a dude who, when he protests the record industry and writes slave on his cheek. his beard or whatever. He will come up with an amazing slave logo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything he does is gorgeous. Reading that story. Uh, what? I haven't heard that story about him. Oh yeah, it's pretty famous. Look up like Prince Slave Google image. Uh, and Prince Slave is it better than um, Britney Slave? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, that's yes, that's a high bar. It depends. Yeah. It depends uh, what you're into, but <laughs> if you li- um, if you like snakes, Britney's yeah, or is that toxic? I don't know. Oh, know. Toxic's an airplane. Oh. Slave oh, snakes. That's right, that's right. I'm, I'm, inv- I'm, very, I'm very knowledgeable on my Britney. The snakes aren't on the plane? 
The snakes are not on the plane. No, no snakes on the plane. Well, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, listening to Prince, looking at Prince, reading about all the weird shit that he did. Um, well, Has there been well, a famous I, story that's come out about him? Oh, my God. I have several, actually, at this point. Perfect. A lot of which came from, like, internet clickbait, so I have no idea how accurate they are or, like, somebody telling me something that they read. So, again, like, I have no idea how accurate they are, but there's a couple that I thought would be appropriate for movies with John. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Please share. Okay, so the first one is that I guess Prince really loved the movie Finding Nemo. (laughs) Like, was, like, real. Like, and it wasn't just, like, like a one-time, oh, funny story about it. Like, like lots of people have weird stories about, like, Prince and Finding Nemo. And so one of them was that Prince, like, before... This is, and again, just like I said, like, I didn't know the man, and a lot of this is, like, internet stories, so I have no idea how accurate they are, but it's fun anyways. One of them was that Questlove, like, before Questlove was famous, was trying to get into his show or something, and Prince wouldn't let him in or whatever, and then finally... The deal was, Prince was like, okay, you can come to my show, but you have to throw me a party afterwards. Um, and so Questlove's like, okay, like, that's fine. And I don't I don't remember now like, if he was trying to get into, like, the VIP section or whatever. Like, I don't know what it was. But so they cut this deal that, like, Questlove could be wherever he was he wanted to be if he threw Prince a party afterwards. So he did it, and he was, like, DJing the party And at some point, Prince came up to him and was just like, I don't like this music. Like, (laughs) turn it off or whatever. (laughs) And so he, like, switched the music or something. And then Prince came up to him again and was like, here, put this on, like, the TVs. Um, And so Questlove looked at what he handed him, and he handed him a DVD of Finding Nemo. And... (gasps) So he assumed, like, okay, like, we'll put the movie on and we'll play music over the movie. So he put the, the movie on, and then Prince was like, yeah, you can stop playing music. Like, we're just going to watch Finding Nemo. <laughs> that uh, is amazing. So that was, like, one Finding Nemo story. And then there was another one where he was doing some kind of, like, I just heard this story, like, five minutes ago. But um, there was another one where he, like was giving a speech that turned into, like, a weird, like, sermon. But throughout the whole thing, Finding Nemo was just, like, playing on. Like, it looped through twice during this, like, speech that he was giving. That is awesome. Um, so that's one, those are, that's, like, one part of the movies with John-appropriate stories. And then the other one that I'm actually in the middle of, watching and I can like message you guys this but did you guys hear about how Kevin Smith like made a documentary about Prince but with the idea that like they were gonna work together to like create this documentary and then he did it and then like Prince was like oh this is just for me and like in his vault and nobody's like seen it that's amazing that is like the only 
it's not a positive thing of Prince dying, but he was so secretive over so many things that there's yeah. so much stuff out there now that you just get to see of Prince doing really great stuff. And I am kind of excited to see more of that. It's kind of like J.D. Salinger. Like, maybe if he dies, there was something he wrote that was good that will be out. He's dead, right? Oh, yeah, he's dead. Did he just never write shit? Was he just lazy? He J.D. Salinger wrote stuff and said it was be, like, the biggest invasion of privacy if anybody ever published them or something, which might have even included, like, the nine stories thing that was published that is, like, fucking great. Right. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I'm in, I'm like just at the beginning, like Kevin Smith, uh, there's this video of him like talking about that whole process that I'll send to you. Cause it's all right. I've, I've listened to like four minutes of it and it's already so weird. That's great. Did, I think we, we may have, I think we may have talked about the Fred Armisen one a few times on here. But there are just so many great Prince stories that I've seen, like, on the internet that's one of my favorite things. Oh, did we, did you hear, this is another movie-related one. He, like, his staff or whatever, like, all of his people, his, like, entourage, as, like, a, a, like, a thank you, he bought out an entire movie theater and was gonna, like, and was, like, here like we're gonna all go watch a movie together like it's on me right yeah and then apparently he had them all sit in the front and he sat in the back and just said like if that any of them looked back at him they would get kicked out (laughs) (laughs) that's so great it's so weird. I love it. Carlos Boozer is this basketball player, and Prince was staying in his house for a week or something. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. For whatever reason, and he just turned everything to, like, Prince style. Like, everything yeah. was he purple. He turned the bedroom into a hair salon. Yeah, and just spent a whole bunch of money renovating this place. Carlos Boozer came back, saw it, was super pissed, was like, oh, I'm going to have to, like, beat this guy up. And he goes up to Prince to be like, what the hell did you do? And Prince is like, here's a check for a million dollars. I should cover it. (laughs) You can turn it back however you want. I would let you do whatever you wanted to my apartment. Oh, and I would keep it. I would keep it. I would, yeah, I'd keep it forever. Prince is a man who owns a color. Can you even imagine being cool enough to, like, purple is yours? Yeah, like, you can have this one. It's crazy. Um, I watched Purple Rain, the end. (laughs) I love Purple Rain. I watched that as well. I had that playing at our party in the background uh, with other music playing, which was a jarring experience. We watched watched Graffiti Bridge in preparation for this podcast. Oh, that's fun. I haven't uh, seen it. You haven't? No. Uh, I think you should, just because you would probably like elements of it. it. Oh, it's basically it's Purple Rain Purple too. Rain. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, John, oh, John, you you need right. to do something. Something. Hey, John. Everything is everything is reflecting now that you're back. Everything's collecting. Reflect like we can hear all of our voices coming back now that you're sitting down. Oh, okay. Let me. Uh, oh, shit. Sorry. Let me do this then. Or, let me see if this thing It seems better now, actually. Yeah, oh. I think it's okay. Okay, all right. We're cool. Yeah. 
cool. But yeah, Graffiti Bridge is literally Purple Rain 2, and it is the saddest sequel there ever was. It's not that bad. It's Some of it's interesting. Mavis Staples is in it, as is George oh, cool. Clinton. Oh, that's cool. But that's about really... the highest compliment. What? Like, when was it made? 92, and it embodies all 90s things. I think it got okay. 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. Pretty it's low. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it was not winning any awards, that's for sure. Yeah. Razzies, well, you... actually. It won some Razzies. Oh, I'm sure it did, yeah. Did you have any other good print stories? I'm loving hearing all of these print stories you've been reading. I've been reading a bunch, too. They're just so fun. Um, I Well, those were the ones like I had specially selected, and I wish I could give you guys more details about the Kevin Smith thing. I'm going to, like, I'm going to go finish listening to it because it's, like, really funny. Um, uh, more weird shit that he did. I heard one about this guy they were at a club together and he kicked everyone out except the women and this guy and then prince just took out a bible and read from the bible all night that's amazing (laughs) amazing yeah graffiti bridge is a super religious movie and apparently prince was just really religious and he would sometimes go door to door to like spread his religion he wasn't he's a jehovah's witness he was jehovah okay yeah and he would do that and people would just be like, holy fuck, Prince is here to talk to me about Jehovah. I would be yeah, like, that's like, yes. that's a tenet of their religion. And, like, that's something I would, like, I've thought about that before. Like, there was a time when he, like, when I moved to Chicago in 2012 or whatever, he was, like, living in Chicago for, like, two months or something and was going to be doing, like, a series of shows that were, like, all too expensive for me to go to. So I didn't get to see him, but I remember, like, secretly hoping that he would come, like, knock on my door and tell me about Jehovah's Witness. That would be such a tough situation because I could never be Jehovah and I would not want to, like, lie or play Prince. But I would oh, give, I would, but I would give anything to talk to him for an afternoon. So it would be tough because I don't know. Ugh, it makes me nervous just thinking about it. I feel like I would be so awestruck that I wouldn't even be able to talk. Like if I opened my door and Prince was there, I would just like. Have you ever had like a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness knock on your door? Oh yeah. Yeah, Mormons all the time. They used to knock on my door in Lansing like all the time, and I was super super nice to them. Jehovah's Witness, there it's a little trickier because I feel like they're just like better trained yeah for like drawing you into conversations where mormons are just like super awkward about it they're like right. do you want this book it's okay if you don't but like jehovah's witness are like they have like a rap that they like suck you into mormons don't really know what they're doing no they don't they're just trying which i guess is admirable yeah hopefully what's their god Jesus, American Jesus. American Jesus, Native American Jesus, who has a planet? Yes. Missouri Jesus. Well, we'll all have a planet one day. Well, not Annie due to you being a woman, but John and I will. (laughs) Maybe I can come to one of your planets. Yeah, you know. If I like. (laughs) You know, you've been such a great friend of the pod. You're welcome on my uh, planet 
once we're all dead, anytime. So thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, do you have any final Prince thoughts, Annie? Um, just I love him and I miss him, and I hope he's doing good. And I want to get into that vault so bad. Yes, me too. All right. Well, thank you, Annie, for coming on. We're going to have one final guest, and then we will uh, call it a night. So thank you very much, Annie Wild Songs. Have a good night. Bye. All right, now, Brennan. What was that Kevin Smith story? I missed it. You'll have to listen to it on the pod like everyone else, John. Uh, No, Tom. (laughs) Don't do that to me. Well, hey there, Brennan. Welcome to the pod. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, Bobo. Hey, baby Leah. Also Joe and Tom, but mostly baby Leah. (laughs) Hi, uncle. Hi, Unky. Oh, she doesn't actually look happy to see me. (laughs) She's tired. It's past her bedtime. One of our friends of the pod saw you out at trivia. (laughs) One of our friends of the pod saw you out at trivia, wild in those Detroit streets. Yeah, often in wild Corktown. Yeah. He said it looked like John, but not John. <laughs> yeah, Joe texted me. It was like, hey, one of my buddies says, are you at Trivia? And I was like, that's kind of creepy and weird. <laughs> I know. John gave it like the least charitable or like friendship facilitating spin possible. <laughs> yeah, just said one That's of my creepy friends is asking if you're out at trivia. Yeah, it wasn't like this great guy I know saw you around and, you know, you should say hi. It was like some creeper saw you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, John will be back. Uh-oh. So, so Brennan, where were uh, you? I'm, I'm on. I just turned off my... Oh, Okay. Yeah, just turn off my video. So, Brennan, where were you when you heard the news? Where was I that I when I heard the news? That, um, that Prince had passed. I was at work. And, oh, are you guys there? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I was at work. Uh, I was walking into the, past the, the sports TV to get some popcorn. And on the uh, ESPN ticker, they had some, like, Thing was going by uh, police investigation of death at Prince House, and I was like, "Oh no!" I hope That's- Prince killed somebody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that- Please be a hooker or something. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing that they brought Prince into ESPN, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he. And I, I, he basically covered like every news source. Like I was, uh, I went to the, I was at the gym later that day and it was like, they have, they have a sports site, you know, and then he was on the ticker and they had like, uh, the news and he would, they were talking about Prince and there was something I was, I don't remember what it was. And like, there was like a little special blurb going under like FYI, Prince probably dead. Yeah. Sad face. Yeah. That was really sad. Leah. 
So how how have you been mourning? Have you been listening to any special Prince jams or anything to pick you up? Um, yeah, I've been working my way through all the through some Prince jams. I had it. I had liked Prince before he died. Like before he died, and like now that he after he passed, I was like, oh, I need to listen to some more. And I was reading all of the obits and things, and he's grown on me dramatically. Yeah. Uh, like I think I enjoyed him before, but after like now that I like I don't know there's that additional emotional uh, aspect to his music um, about bucking mostly, but right. <laughs> <laughs> Has it really spiced up your marriage? This new Prince kick? Um, not yet. Actually, it's, it, before we got married, uh, I was pushing really really hard for Kiss to be our first dance song. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, we ended up settling with um, doing a transition from "My Heart Will Go On" into Greece, but uh, <laughs> I, I still uh, have matching choreography. By the way, matching choreography—that's important. And, but, and, and for I, our, there's still a part of me that's sad that we didn't go with Kiss for that. For our listeners, this is the Prince song "Kiss," not the band Kiss. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I was just actually going to do a, a ju- all covers of Prince songs by the band Kiss. <laughs> that that would be some sort of a take. I would that, buy. That, I would buy that album. Oh. Yeah. I, I hope they come out now with a bunch of albums of just Prince covers by al- song, bands that you would never expect to do Prince covers. Yeah, I had a similar experience though, Brandon, because I've always been a big Prince fan, but when he died, I was just watching a bunch of stuff and mourning. There were so many cool things, and I watched yeah. a bunch of his guitar solos, and I watched other people who I think are really good at guitar, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, he might have been like the best living guitarist when he died. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think part of the thing that was nice, and I put that in air quotes about his passing, is that... Um, I guess he or his estate or whomever was particularly, um, they would come down pretty quickly on his stuff being posted on YouTube. Oh yeah. And with his passing that, that seems to have become more lenient, which I think allowed me to see a lot more of his work and his talent that I was not able to see and enjoy beforehand and be really exposed. Like, Oh my God, this guy was not just good. He was absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah. Annie and I talked about that as well. It is, it is it's hard to say that that's a good thing, but it is cool to see all of the stuff that he has yeah. coming out. I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit this, but I read and rewatched the halftime Super Bowl halftime performance. <laughs> when he played Purple Rain, I actually cried a little bit. And that's amazing. It's a little bit unexpected, but yeah, I've had a few moments of darkness being sad about this. For some reason, even weeks later, this has stuck with me more than maybe any other celebrity death. Yeah, which is, I think, particularly weird because it wasn't an artist that I was exceptionally attached to before his death. Right. But then I think reading people's conversations about Prince and then having, uh, what, how would you say it, like a guided tour into his music and like why it mattered and why it was, why people think Prince is such a big deal um, made me come to realize, oh, right, this is why he's such a big deal. Right. Like Bob Dylan is my favorite artist of all time. If he died, I think it would be much less bothersome for me than this Prince situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel it's well, not about Bob Dylan specifically, but right. Uh, Prince. 
and I, th- I think it's been it's it's been kind of interesting to almost be with his passing to be walked into and led into that emotion of being deeply saddened by his passing. Right, like, oh, look at what you missed out on that you didn't even know. Yeah, I think that is part of it, is like... Because I remember he had that that tour he did last... I think it was last year, where basically he would just announce a week beforehand, hey, I'm going to be in this city, come to my... Like, in a random room, come hang out. And there were tickets for... And I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool, I should keep an eye on it. And tickets popped up in Detroit, um... And I happened to catch it like right when it happened for whatever reason. I think Twitter probably alerted me to it. And I was like looking at it and I was like, oh, it's like $75. That's so many dollars. Oh, damn it, Brennan. I know. And I, now I am oh, so upset with myself for not taking advantage of that. Like not even because like, oh, there's never another opportunity. But because like now I realize what an amazing performer I missed. Right. Uh, and... I will never get the opportunity to see that. I had, I had some buddies in Michigan who he announced he was going to throw a concert in his house in Paisley Park like 12 hours before he did it. And they drove to Minnesota that morning. So they drove 10 hours. Wow. And they got there and it was full and they didn't have any room. And they told the security and he was like, shit, you did what? And he was like, all right, you can come to this. So they got to go to the show, and the security people made sure they could go to the after-after show. And they just saw Prince play music for, like, six hours. Said it was, like, the greatest night of their lives. Yeah, and I think if I had heard this story three weeks ago, I would have been like, okay, that's that's cool. They're into Prince. Like, now I'm like, oh, fuck. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. It's like I've, I've now been exposed to all of those, like why people would have done that. Yeah. I think, I think that is what has made me saddest. And what I've realized the most watching concert footage and watching all the stuff, the way he interacts with the crowd and the stuff he does is the Mm -hmm. Prince every night, whenever he decided like he wanted to, would just give thousands of people an experience that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. And that's such an amazing power. And to just have it gone is a bummer. Right. And so, like, know that I didn't take advantage of, of that power that was out there. Ugh. And, like, experience it firsthand when I could have is, is doubly, doubly I, sad. Which I at is least, selfish for me to say because, like, a man has just passed away. Right. But <laughs> I at least never had the tickets in the e-cart, so I feel a little better about that. But I never got to yeah. go either. Yeah. So uh, do you have any particular Prince Jams you've been vibing to? Yeah, you um, listen to some music before you got on. Yeah, so well, I mean, Kiss has been is my is my key jam, and I do even though it was not our um, our first dance song, I do strongly associate that with my beautiful wife Kate. Um, but I was jamming to uh, "Sexy Dancer" immediately when you called me. Uh, Erotic City. Oh, that's a good one. That's a yeah. that's a B side. That's back side of a single, I think. I, yeah, I mean. I actually had it listened to it. I was just sort of like running through YouTube beforehand. Oh, nice. And it was like, oh, man, this song is an epic banger. Yeah, it is. Um, it's like propelled itself to like my top list already. And uh, When Doves Cry because. That's a good one. It's a good one. I've been listening to Sign of the Times a bunch. Hmm. I don't What's know why. Sign of the Times again, you'll have to remind me. 
That has Starfish and Coffee, Ballad of Dorothy Parker, It, Hot Thing, Forever in My Life, You Got the Look, If I Was Your Girlfriend. If I Was Your Girlfriend is maybe my favorite Prince song outside of Computer Blue. Uh, I Could Never Take the Place of Your Man. It's good. I think since Prince's passing and re-listening to a lot of his stuff, I mean, it sounds really cliche, but Purple Rain, I just think was his best. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think, and I don't. The thing is, I don't think I. I think I was telling you this, Joe, when he passed away. We were texting back and forth. I I didn't get Purple Rain, and I know that's like. There's not like something. When I say get, I don't mean get as in like I intellectually understood the song. Um, Like get as in, before he passed, Purple Rain was a song that Prince performed and sang, and it was like good, but I whatever. And then after he passed, I think it because it was so strongly associated with him and because like it became, um, you know, it was the emblem of Prince. Like, right. I, li- I mean, obviously I cried that one time I listened to it, but like every time I listen to it, it's just like gets, becomes a better and better song. It's so uh, good. I'll have to extend you the, I'll have to send you the extended version because he first, the lo- the recorded version comes from him playing it live that's like 13 minutes long. Oh, yeah. And he's just, there's an extra verse in the live one that he cuts out, which is good because it's not as good. But you can just hear just him hear riffing, riffing on the guitar and figuring right, it out until out, he, finds he finds the riff the that he riff likes, he and likes, then he does it a bunch it, of times over and over, over again. again. Nice. nice. John, we're John, echoey again. again. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's because I had to turn off the microphone. I think whenever I turn it off and turn it back on. But is it well, is it is it working okay again? Um, uh, no. No. Oh, just a sec. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, I enjoy hearing Tom's voice twice. Uh, <laughs> I hate hearing so my voice, so it's tough. <laughs> okay. So, do you have any uh, final Prince thoughts, Brennan? Um, he he left us too soon. Went back to his purple sex spaceship i guess (laughs) and i for one i for one will miss him more than i knew i would that's a beautiful sentiment and with that dear listeners we're gonna head to break and when we come back we will tell you what we're going to do for you next week thanks for coming on brandon well dear listeners i have bad news for your favorite and final segment of the episode uh, we didn't have time to record it, and I've had a cold, so we missed a week, for which I sincerely apologize. But next week, we are going to have a special guest on the pod, the filmmaker in his own right, uh, Joe Post, and we're going to talk about a movie that he has made, and we're going to talk about the lovely film Joyride, starring Paul Walker. Speaking of R.I. Paul. So we will see you then and have a blessed week.